Hello, this is Vapid Existentialism. I'm Jason. I'm Mike. Today, we're going to talk about the price of plastic per pound. Sounds like Marketplace episode, doesn't it? <laughs> Actually, what we're going to talk about has to do with plastic, because most of the things we're going to be talking about are made of plastic. And I wanted to start off with the general cost of plastic, which is always typically below 20 cents per pound. Okay, I want you to bear that in mind while we're talking about this, because just about everything we're talking about is made of plastic. What we're going to talk about today is... Hold on. Did you pull that 20 cents per pound out of the air, or did you find it on the internets? It's on the internets. Okay. And we'll just <laughs> assume that that's true. It fluctuates. Okay. In 2015, it was like 13 cents a pound, but it's usually underneath there. And the reason we're talking about that is because we're going to talk about toy exclusives, the prohibitive cost of certain toys, and the artificial scarcity created by the people who prey on collectors. Nerds like us. Nerds like us. (laughs) That is not a sequel to Spies Like Us. But it could be. Christmas is coming. That's true. Right around the corner. We're recording this in the middle of November 2017. Should you be listening to this in the future? Maybe in the year 2027. At which time one of us will still be alive, but I'm not at liberty to tell you which one. Did I say 2017 or 2117? You said 2017 and then... Well, that's now. That's right now. Yeah. <laughs> in the year 2117, only one of us will be alive, but I can't tell you which one. Or even in 2027 or whatever you said. Even 20 years from now, I don't know which one of us will be alive. <laughs> well, in, in 2217, we'll both be alive. Yes. Again, but I can't release information on that. My frustration recently has to do with Christmas and the upcoming season. Because as anyone who's listening to this show knows, if you're over seven, Santa Claus doesn't exist. What? I know. Those <laughs> gifts come from other humans. I don't say that's a human, but a magical human. So, But he's not real. Kids don't understand this. Kids want things, and I believe that they should be able to... Uh, they should be able to get what they want for Christmas within reason. I think where I'm going to take a little different approach from you on this is I don't have a problem with collector's clubs making their own toys or exclusive like store exclusives that you can get you might have to drive a little further or or, or order offline what I, what I have the biggest problem with is companies that make things that kids should be able to get things that are really aimed at kids and even now they're starting to be more like collector driven things but at their nature at their core they're for kids yeah in in particular like in can't talk today. In particular, I'm talking about Lego with the Star Wars toys. Boy, I was waiting for you to get in there because, man, I have a six-year-old and his favorite thing in the world is Legos. And they are, shall we say, cost prohibitive? Yes. And I have a nephew the same age who wants the Lego Death Star for Christmas. It is $500. That's correct. Target.com has it for $500, but... Five hundred dollars. If you go on Amazon, Amazon, I can't talk either. You can get it for the low, low price of four sixty nine ninety five. 
$470. I'm just going to round up a little bit. That's insane. That is. And I, I, I'm all about free market economy and all that. That's fine. But there has to be a point at which the people, the toy companies go, look. <laughs> these toys have to be reasonably priced to the point to where a family can buy them for their kids for Christmas. And not just families with a lot of money. Yeah, not not just the uh, <laughs> lower upper class. <laughs> yes. So if you're if you're a kid and you like Legos, what do you do? I mean, this uh, the price on this is is ridiculous. Santa can't afford to get that for you this year, kids. No. <laughs> and we're a, a perfect example of a toy company going, hey, you know what? Let's do something for the grown men nerds in their 40s and approaching 50 now. Perfect example is the Maddie Collector line of He-Man figures. Mm-hmm. I'm not a He-Man toy um, or He-Man toy collector. I've never owned a He-Man figure. No, take it back. I own Ram Man and Stratos. <laughs> I had a bunch I of owned, He-Man toys. I owned two He-Man figures. I still have my Castle Grayskull playset. I think it's in my mom's house or maybe my grandma's, but I'm pretty sure I still have it. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but, you know, they, Maddie Collector, Mattel, however you want to put it, they have made He-Man figures, new He-Man figures, all new sculpts, multiple, you know, like 16 points of articulation or whatever. But they've made those for the grown-up collectors. They're yes. available online. So you're, I don't even think they're in stores. I could be wrong on that, I don't know. But the kids aren't going to see them. And even if a kid did want them, the price point on them is around $25 a figure when they're new on the website. So you could get a couple a couple for your kids for Christmas. Whereas when you when you raise that price point past, say, $100, it's not going to happen for the kids. Yeah. And the Lego Death Star, yes, it's amazing, but here's a thought, Lego. You could have taken that whole the Lego Death Star and broken it down into different parts. Like, there's a throne room and a trash compactor area, and what are some of the other things that happened under the Death Star? Because those, those are all areas. To... I believe the Lego set also has... It has the trash compactor. It has the, like, the prison level. Mm-hmm. And it has the... I don't know what you call it. little office area where C-3PO and R2-D2 operate all the... You know, where okay. R2-D2 hacks into the place. And, yeah, I think it has a throne room. And I believe there's a part in there too where obi-wan kenobi is turning off the um tractor beam but yeah you could you could sell that you could break that apart into layers and sell them individually and say here buy all of them and sure they could total up to 500 dollars. but if you buy all of them you can put together the death star and there's no reason not to do that because i'd be fine with getting you know part of it for my kid for christmas and then part of it again later for their birthday that would be great. Lego, the fact would, that, Lego would still get its money. Yes. Yeah. But the fact that they put this out there for $500. And real quick, I'm going to talk about... We went to the Lego store. There's a Lego store here in the mall locally. I went there last weekend. And uh, I'll, I'll tweet out this picture on the uh, the Vapid Existentialism official Twitter <laughs> at Vapid Podcast. Anyway, they made the largest... Lego set that's actually for sale, allegedly for actual people, and it's the Millennium Falcon. Did I show you this picture? You it's did. It's really big, and it's eight hundred dollars. Now, 
I get that it's the biggest Lego set they've ever made, but that's just insane. I assume that only a really hardcore Lego collector is going to buy that thing. Yeah. I don't... I'm, I'm with you that I don't have a problem with exclusives. Like, Toys R Us does this a lot. Target does it a lot. Target does it with video games, too, where they will sell, like, an accessory to the video game as an exclusive. Like, when I bought Super Mario Kart, I got a little Rubik's Cube that's Lego... Or Lego. That's that's Mario. It's like a Super Mario Kart Rubik's Cube. And I get that like as, as an exclusive with Target. Like, that sort of thing doesn't bother me. What bothers me is when companies artificially drive scarcity. Like, when they underproduce something... And I'm going to get very specific here with Nintendo, because they do this all the time. Where they know they're going to sell something, and they know they're going to sell a lot of it. And then they produce a very tiny number floated in the market and they disappear and then two days later they're on the secondary market and they're marked up 500%. Nintendo's done this twice to us in the last couple years with their, they've released a classic console for the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo and they have games built in. It's a game controller, a system all in one thing. So this is, you just plug it into your TV and go? plug it into your TV and it's got 30-something odd games, classic games on it, games that you can't really get anymore. Believe it or not, if this is the thing I think it is, I saw this at Office Max. Really? It runs around $80. Yes. I saw it and for just a second I was tempted. They're almost impossible to buy. You can get on eBay and buy one for probably double the, the price. Or I saw one like 250 bucks or something once. I don't know if there's still that price, but the you know, they I don't know why Nintendo isn't producing more of these or doesn't send out a larger initial launch. Like they could sell, I don't know how many they produce, but they could sell probably 100 million of these things. Like there's a huge demand for them globally. And then they release, I don't know, a couple per store. <laughs> and you you literally can't buy these online. Like, Amazon doesn't sell them. I don't know if Amazon ever did carry them. And when they do carry them, they sell out in, like, three seconds. So, I don't understand the whole point of this. You would make more money if you produced more of them. <laughs> I, I, and Nintendo's be, done this twice to us it now. It's very bizarre. They, that they realize that... Their exclusive, their exclusivity in the long run will generate more interest. More generate, will more interest will generate more sales. But I don't understand that because you're cutting yourself off. Like you're already going to get those sales. You're already going to sell tens of millions of these. So put more out there. Like I don't think that, I don't think it would drive the the sales that much. It would make that much of a difference that releasing fewer of them is going to have any kind of positive impact. I just, I, I can't, I don't, I don't see their logic in releasing so few. And they claim, they claim on this that they're going to make more, but they, it never happened. <laughs> they're, I'm going to go to Office Max and see if I can find one, though. <laughs> and I may, I, you know, I haven't really owned a gaming system since I, since in television. So I'm not I'm not big on the gaming and the thing I'm thinking of maybe like a generic thing, but yeah, but they so. do have like kind of knockoffs, but those are not as good. <laughs> I 
mostly because those end up having games that the companies can buy the license for cheap, whereas Nintendo's putting out games that aren't really available anywhere else. Uh, some of them are, but for the collection you're getting, you can't. You just you can't buy that for a television. The for a modern that television. I'm thinking of had classic eighty games on it. Okay. Is that something different than what you're talking about? Probably, okay. yeah. People are listening who are just astounded that I don't know the difference. Sorry. <laughs> Video games aren't for everybody. No, they're not. <laughs> well, here's something for you though, and this is another place, another mar- entire another market where they artificially create scarcity, and that's in collectible games, mm-hmm. like Star Wars X-wing, which I know you've played a few times, and. People who have been listening to our podcast know that I, I, I wouldn't say I still play Magic the Gathering, but I have quite a collection of Magic the Gathering cards. So that's another thing where they, where markets artificially drive scarcity and invent rarities and things like that, and then they can charge whatever they want. And Hasbro does this with their Magic cards all the time, where they release sets that are they call them. I'll give an example of one of the sets for the people that know what Magic is, like Modern Masters is one, where they release these sets where that are reprinted cards from older eras. They they jack the price up from $4 to $12.99. So you're getting the same amount of material, you know, 15 pieces of cardboard, but because they're, you know, cards that are in demand, and I'm using that in quotes, they can charge more, and then they say, oh, well, it's also a limited run of these cards, and they can charge this inflated price because they want to. I mean, there's no really other reason other than... And they they claim it's to because they don't want to affect the secondary market, but it doesn't matter because the secondary market is always the secondary market. Like, it's going to change based on players' interest in the cards. It's just... it, it, it drives me crazy when, when companies take advantage of the consumer that way. And it's yet, not as awful as Legos, you but... <laughs> it's, and it's difficult because you can't blame them. Yeah. Because you have to take the opportunity when it's there. Sure, they're in the market to make money. Mm-hmm. But when it's so blatantly taking advantage, it's just kind of gross. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess for me, I, I'm looking at this more as a child toy rights advocate. <laughs> it's a new oh, job I just believe created. Me, it, okay, if I could have one or the other, if they would drop the price of the of the uh, uh, the Death Star, Lego Death Star, or drop the price of Magic Cards, I'd say drop the price of the Death, Death Star immediately. <laughs> I'd be fine with that. I'm just saying it's a very specific market that toy companies take advantage of is the collector and they do they take advantage of the collector and uh and we just kind of let them do it i guess (laughs) i guess we don't have much choice but i mean it's not i guess it's not as bad as trying to you know buy that uh he-man original that was you know made in 1982 and you can probably the thing is you can probably get an original he-man figure on ebay for twenty dollars Probably less than now, that. one with all of its stuff in the package. I, I have no idea on that. Probably hundred. I don't know. Yeah, it's just frustrating. Well, can we summarize with Lego bad, Mattel good? <laughs> I suppose. Lego definitely. They're on my. You know, 
real quick, the one thing that makes me crazy about this is they also never put Legos for sale. Like, they never mark them down. Like, it's so rare oh, when they're, like, like... you'll never see clearance Legos? Exactly. Like, that just doesn't happen. Or even just putting them on sale. Like, oh, this week only, they're 40% off. Like, that rarely happens. This, this coming Black Friday, they've got... Target has a, a few sets that are, like, 20 or 30% off. And I almost died when I saw it, because I was like, I've never even seen them on sale before. I don't know what the... I don't know how kids feel about the imitation Legos. Will they welcome them into the fold? I don't even welcome them into the fold. Okay. <laughs> They're the so... Reason, a lot of them are really crappy and don't put together like, as well. Like wonky plastic. Yes, and, yeah. and they, they don't... They either don't go together tight enough or go together too tight so they can't them apart. They're awful. I saw an imitation Lego set of figures, and it was like people you would see in a city like uh, construction workers, police officers, firefighters, mailmen, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, I'm going to say, 30 little figures. Okay. And it was cheap. It was like 20 bucks. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. And I was going to grab it for my nephew, and I'm like, you know what? I don't know if he would... I don't know if they would be sent to the uh, <laughs> to the island of exclusion, <laughs> or if he could use them as background fodder for his the little Lego toys. play sets. Yeah, I, <laughs> so I passed on it. I don't know. I'll have to ask him. The other thing that Lego does that those other ones can't do is they they own the exclusive rights on a lot of properties too. So they're the ones making the Marvel ones and the DC ones and the Star Wars ones that other people can't make. So they also have that wrapped up. That. I guess we're just going to complain about Legos because we got kids who want them. <laughs> yes. I'm complaining about Legos and I haven't owned any in 30 years. <laughs> uh, we'll have to do a whole other episode about how much I hate spending four hours putting together a huge set. But that's a whole other thing. <laughs> well, that's the party though, isn't it? <laughs> putting them together? Yeah. <laughs> I have like a tolerance level. <laughs> Once I get past a certain number of hours, it's <laughs> it's over. All right, so... I think that about wraps it up. If you want to contact us, you can send us emails, vapidpodcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at vapidpodcast. Goodbye. Bye.